Joe does use such slang words, observed Amy with a reproving look at the long figures stretched on the rug. Joe immediately sat up, put her hands in her pockets, and began to whistle. <gasps> Don't, Joe, it's so boyish. That's why I do it. I detest rude, unladylike girls. I hate affected nimini-pimini chits. Birds in their little nests agree, sang Beth, the peacemaker. Really, girls, you are both to be blamed, said Meg, beginning to lecture in her elder sisterly fashion. You are old enough to leave off boyish tricks and to behave better, Josephine. Now you are so tall and turn up your hair, you should remember that you are a young lady. I ain't, and if turning up my hair makes me one, I'll wear it in two tails till I'm twenty, cried Joe, pulling off her net and shaking down her chestnut mane. I hate to think I've got to grow up and be Miss March and wear long gowns and look prim. I can't get over my disappointment in not being a boy. And it's worse than ever now, for I'm dying to go out and fight with Papa, and I can only stay at home and knit like a pokey old woman. And Joe shook the blue army sock till the needles rattled like castanets. Poor Joe. It's too bad, but it can't be helped. So you must try to be contented with making your name boyish and playing brother to us girls, said Beth, stroking the rough head at her knee. As for you, Amy, continued Meg, you are altogether too particular and prim. Your airs are funny now, but you'll grow up an affected little goose if you don't take care. If Joe is a tomboy and Amy is a goose, what am I, please? asked Beth. You're a dear and nothing else, answered Meg warmly, and no one contradicted her, for the mouse was the pet of the family. Margaret, the eldest of the four sisters, was sixteen and very pretty, being plump and fair, with large eyes, plenty of soft brown hair, a sweet mouth and white hands, of which she was rather vain. Fifteen-year-old Joe was very tall, thin, and brown, and reminded one of a colt, for she never seemed to know what to do with her long limbs. She had a decided mouth, a comical nose, and sharp gray eyes. Her long, thick hair was her one beauty, but it was usually bundled in a net to be out of her way. Elizabeth, or Beth, as everyone called her, was a rosy, smooth-haired, bright-eyed girl of thirteen, with a shy manner, a timid voice, and a peaceful expression which was seldom disturbed. She seemed to live in a happy world of her own, only venturing out to meet the few whom she trusted and loved. Amy, though the youngest, was a most important person, in her own opinion at least. A regular snow maiden, with blue eyes and yellow hair curling on her shoulders, pale and slender, and always carrying herself like a young lady mindful of her manners. The clock struck six, and Beth put a pair of slippers down to warm. Somehow the sight of the old shoes had a good effect upon the girls, for Mother was coming. Meg stopped lecturing and lighted the lamp. Amy got out of the easy chair without being asked, and Joe forgot how tired she was as she sat up to hold the slippers nearer to the blaze. They are quite worn out. Marmy must have a new pair. I'll tell you what we'll do, said Beth. Let's each get her something for Christmas and not get anything for ourselves. That's like you, dear. What will we get? exclaimed Joe. Everyone thought soberly for a moment. Then Meg announced, I shall give her a nice pair of gloves. Army slippers, best to be had, cried Joe. Some handkerchiefs all hemmed, said Beth. I'll get a little bottle of cologne. It won't cost much, so I'll have some money left to buy pencils, added Amy. Glad to find you so merry, my girls, said a cheery voice at the door, 
and the four sisters turned to welcome a tall motherly lady with a can-I-help-you look about her. Well, dearies, how have you got on today? Has anyone called, Beth? How is your cold, Meg? Joe, you look tired to death. Come and kiss me, baby. While making these maternal inquiries, Mrs. March got her wet things off, her warm slippers on, and sitting down in the easy chair drew Amy to her lap. The girls flew about, trying to make things comfortable. Meg arranged the tea table. Joe brought wood and set chairs, dropping, overturning, and clattering everything she touched. Beth trotted to and fro between parlor and kitchen, quiet and busy, while Amy gave directions as she sat with her hands folded. As they gathered about the table, Mrs. March said with a happy face, I've got a treat for you after supper. Bright smile went around like a streak of sunshine. Beth clapped her hands regardless of the biscuit she held, and Joe tossed up her napkin crying, A letter! Three cheers for father!